to start off with this show, uh, for this week's show, we're going to get right into the top news story of the day and probably one of the top news stories uh, of the of the of the year in uh, in Northern Arizona sports. Starting off with a new partnership that was just announced between Northern Arizona University and the University of Arizona. It is a 10-year athletic scheduling series agreement. So let's get a little bit more into detail about this. So looking at it here, it is a 10-year scheduling series that is set to begin in year 2021 to 2022 for non-conference competition. This is a, a decade-long partnership that will have the, the two in-state schools be able to battle it out in every single sport that is supported by both schools. And so let me pull up a list here. These sports will include Northern, or, I'm sorry, Northern Arizona and, and U Arizona, men's and women's basketball, men's and women's cross country, football, which is a big one we'll get to be talking about in a little bit, women's golf, women's soccer, women's swimming and dive, men's and women's tennis, men's and women's track and field, and women's volleyball. Those are the sports that will be supported here. Uh, so, Evan, let's, let's get into this a little bit. What are your thoughts about this? Uh, what are your initial thoughts about this deal, and what do you expect to see from it? I mean, in recent years, we've seen a lot of, um, you know, sorry, uh, that was uh, bad feedback in my ear there, but um, the with the 10-year series, I mean, with football, football has one win against the University of Arizona since um, 1931, but with the new regime coming in, you know, Chris Ball coming into his second year and such. I think it could be really good for uh, recruiting for both teams, and um, I think it could offer a uh, plus for uh, Northern Arizona. Um, yeah, oh, I was just gonna say that, you know, looking at it and looking at how how much um, how do you say this? Uh, how many how many eyes are gonna be put on lumberjack sports, especially football, with this partnership? Of course, Arizona being part of the Pac-12. Uh, power five school a lot of eyes are already on them as it is and being able to sort of you know not leech off of them but sort of you know be uh be able to be lent to hand by them in in, get, in terms of exposure and just overall just um getting the act out for their fans because i know here in flagstaff there's still plenty of fans um of those of those schools down south of, of the arizona wildcats you see them all the time on uh bumper stickers the license plates they all they all have the the Arizona logo. So be, just having that cross promotion is something that we've seen a little bit of an uptick recently, but now to see it really set in stone is just is really remarkable to see. I'm excited to see a lot of their uh, athletes have to come up to a flagstaff 7,000 feet from, uh, you know, down there in, um, I believe they're in uh, Tempe, right? Yeah. University of Arizona. That, uh, no, I think that's, that's you. That's uh, ASU. Tucson. Tucson is, is correct. Arizona, correct. Yes. My apologies. New to the state, but, um, <laughs> You know, like you said, with the exposure, NAU is going to have a lot more televised football games. That's good for recruiting, especially because these games are going to be televised in the state of Arizona. A lot of recruits are going to be seeing NAU football, and they like if they like what we have to offer, it gives us a better chance at signing those guys. Yeah, definitely. Just recruitment, uh, as we talked about in the show last week, is, is a huge part of collegiate athletics and Football is especially a major part of that. Um, so being able to have that sort of connection uh, is really cool. Let me read off a few quotes uh, in regards to this deal that we just found out about today. 
Uh, this is I'm, I'm about to be read a quote from the Northern Arizona Vice President of Intercollegiate Athletics. It's Mike Marlowe. He's been around for a few years here. This is the quote: "The University of Arizona Department and, of, of Athletics, in general, and Dave Heeks, who is the athletic director of uh, Arizona, we'll talk. We'll you'll have a quote from him in a minute. Uh, in particular, have been unbelievable resources in the program as we have navigated COVID nineteen. So, we know that." Um, Travel in, co- in the COVID era is really tough, and that has especially been a factor in scheduling and getting games out. We know that uh, in many um, sports, especially like we'll talk about with um, with basketball, they ha- they sort of play now two game series where over a weekend, over a few days, um, a team will come in uh, to an opposing team's uh, facilities and they'll be there for a few days and they'll play a two game series um, just to mitigate the amount of travel that it takes. Um, as we saw with women's basketball, which we'll talk about a little bit later, um, they're in the middle of a, of a two-game series with Portland State. They're up there in Portland. Last weekend, they hosted Sacramento State here. Um, for that, for a weekend, they played Thursday, and then they played again Saturday. So we, we can expect to see a lot of that, especially if COVID continues to go on longer than maybe we hoped for. Um, it would be, you know, maybe we'll see uh, our Lumberjack team go down there to their facilities for a weekend or maybe the following season. You know, Wildcats come up here. So just it may be combined with the series of having um, a series of games uh, with uh, COVID and everything, uh, it could make for a, an exceptionally big weekend that can be really promoted by uh, both athletics departments. Definitely. If we have a series, you know, if we see uh, multiple sports playing U of A at the same time and we kind of have a U of A versus NAU rivalry get going over here over the next few years, um, it'll be fun to watch. The one thing I am worried about, though, it does feel like, like in the quote said, um, University of Arizona has helped NAU a lot out during the COVID situation. And um, looking at most records of most sports, it's lopsided. One to zero losses for NAU. How much of this is let's have a good partnership here and how much of it is come up to Flagstaff and beat up on NAU teams? <laughs> right. I mean, it's you're going to have those lopsided victories for the Wildcats um, quite a bit. It's just, you know, they're a Power 5 school. They get they have a lot bigger recruiting. Also, they're a bigger school. They're the University of Arizona. So it makes a lot of sense that you're going to see those victories. But you're going to see, you know, 10 years is a long time. And it, as we'll talk about with football, it's actually a lot longer with football. Football, they already had games set up up to 2027. It's already a long time. There's going to be a little bit of a break in between for a few years due to already uh, settled uh, scheduling conflicts. But after that, they're going to have at least one game from the year 2030 to 2036. So, also, it's a lot of football to play. And, you know, it'll, it, we can all expect that the Wildcats will come out on top most of those games but you know one or two upsets here and there that can really change just you know a lot about the college rankings in general and especially the overall feel of lumberjack football here and i completely agree with you i think that the uh exposure factor is more important than the win-loss factor and i think it's going to be a mutually beneficial partnership for uh, both schools yeah, definitely. And getting that experience of playing a big school, something that maybe other schools in the Big Sky maybe don't have that same kind of partnership. You know, we can expect some of them to have that sort of similar thing that we have here. But, you know, it's good. It's good experience. You know, maybe they come off a tough loss against the Wildcats and they go in to play their next game. You know, 
having played you know a higher level team quote unquote it can up their level of play going up against another team in their conference so you can i i expect this to not only help the exposure of um athletics here in flagstaff but just the overall quality of play that we'll see I mean, what's the saying? To be the best, you gotta beat the best, exactly. right? And even if you don't beat them, you gotta you play them and you learn from them. So definitely, I'll, I'll read another quote here. This is from the director of athletics at Arizona, Dave Hickey. Um, is the quote continuing our scheduling efforts with Northern Arizona for the next decade is an exciting initiative for our athletics department, university, and state. Ensuring our sport programs compete within our great state ensures the student-athlete experience, generates excitement for our fans, eases non-conference scheduling challenges, and creates a stronger economic impact within our state's footprint. I look forward to watching student-athletes compete in our state while representing the outstanding Arizona universities. Definitely. And you got to think, travel costs now, one less game they don't have to travel out of state for. Mm -hmm. You know, it's either a bus trip down there or a short, very short flight. I'm not sure if they'd even fly that distance. But um, again, going to be huge for both schools and going back to what you said um just being able to play up to that competition is going to be immaculate yeah definitely so i can't wait to see more of that uh in the next few years obviously many people many students here uh people listening to this uh lives are going to be a lot different you know in the next decade or plus when it comes to football um so hopefully we can also be fans of our collegiate sports teams um, see them grow. Uh, I'm, I can't imagine you know me being a 30 year old. Um, I can't imagine what lumberjack uh, football or any athletic department will look like in the future. But hopefully, it leads to great things. Definitely. All right. With that, that's gonna we're gonna take a quick little short break. Once again, we talked about uh, this new plan that Northern Arizona and Arizona University have come together for a partnership for 10 years. Of schedule of a scheduling series, they're not making their own conference or anything. They're just coming together and ensuring that they at least have a game on their schedule, whether it be home or away. But anyways, we're gonna take a quick short break. Coming coming up, we'll be talking about any women swimming and dive. All right. All right, and welcome back to the Axe with Brendan and Evan. We just talked about the new NEU and University of Arizona partnership that will last for the upcoming decade. Now. Let's get into Northern Arizona women's swimming and diving. That's right. A lot of you may not have heard heard much about uh, our diving and swimming program, but we'll bring it right to you here and now. Starting off, uh, over the past weekend, Northern Arizona hosted a match going up against San Diego State University and I believe the University of Idaho as well, which is an inner uh, conference uh, team. Uh, and the highlight of, the, of, of this matchup was Northern Arizona's freshman Victoria Knapp who won the WAC Athlete of the Week. Now you may be wondering, WAC, what is that? That's not, I thought we were part of the Big Sky. Well, something different about the swimming and diving team is that they're not part of the Big Sky. They're, they are part of the WAC, which stands for the Western Athletic Conference, something a lot, you know, a lot different than what you see normally in your basketball and your football, an entirely different set of teams. So it's something quite interesting to see as uh it's something that you just wouldn't really expect you know um does the my question is uh does the big sky just not really support swim and dive or um so i mean if you have to join a new conference it's a uh, definitely a little interesting but 
not entirely uncommon to see among um, other sports at school, apart from, you know, your standard big three, big four. Right, yeah. I don't believe that. As far as I'm aware, and don't quote me on this, the, the Big Sky doesn't really have, or at least doesn't support a swimming and diving uh, conference or, or league in any way. So it's good to see that Northern Arizona does so, and they're, they're willing to go the extra mile um, and attempt to you know work with other schools and join an entirely different conference. Uh, it's something quite uh, interesting to see. But let's talk about Victoria Knapp, the star freshman diver of the Lumberjacks. She just received her second Western Athletic Conference Athlete of the Week award of the season already. Uh, as I mentioned, Northern Arizona hosted a regular season competition. This is the final regular season competition of the season. They hosted uh, San Diego State, which I know is where you're from. You're you're from San Diego, right, Evan? Go Aztecs. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Not here. <laughs> no, not, not in these parts. Uh, but anyways, they hosted San Diego State. And they also hosted a fellow WAC competitor in Idaho. So obviously you have an interesting dichotomy of you're going up against a team that is out of the conference. Maybe you don't ever see them as much. And you're going up against a team in conference, which is definitely some of, uh, of huge importance for this Lumberjack uh, squad. Going into to the results of this, they're quite interesting. They're also maybe a little complicated for those who don't know swimming and dive. Trust me, I'm a little new to this as well. So I'll try to be as clear and concise as possible. She collected two top three dives in both the one meter, which she got third with a score of 285.65. And in the three meter, she took home first place with a score of 319.10. And in total, we go with, uh, looking at the, the platform scores, which is, I guess, from what I know, is the, is the main event. Uh, she was able to come home with fourth with a uh, 231.45. Um, and all these scores were able to meet the, the NCAA zone qualifying scores which go into more postseason events and overall championships. Definitely. And I believe upcoming here, we do have championships being hosted at NAU. That is right. Yeah, we do have championships here at NAU. Uh, starting off, looking at the schedule, uh, we NAU is hosting the NCAA Zone E Diving Championships. Those will take place on March 8th, 9th, and 10th. So you can keep an eye out for those. Um, I believe there is another thing that they're hosting. Let me try and find it here. I believe they're hosting the uh, oh, diving competition. Yeah, the, the diving whack uh, championships as well. Those will be happening February 25th, 26th, and 27th. So a lot of swimming and diving coming here to the Flagstaff area, which is very fun to see. Definitely. Um, it's always good to see uh, new sports get um attention in other areas i mean up here in arizona northern arizona at the most um never heard of uh, much swimming diving none of that going on but it seems like we got these two freshmen right now that could carry us right through the championships yeah definitely going into a little bit about the uh, the star freshman victoria knapp she is of mason arizona so she is from the state uh she is a freshman as i said five one uh she going into her more of her personal life uh Victoria Grace Knapp of Mesa is the daughter of Eugene and Christine, and she has nine siblings. So obviously a competitive nature already there. I have three siblings, so and we're already naturally competitive. So I can't imagine what it must feel like to have nine. Yeah, definitely. I'm uh, the oldest of five, and the competitive energy flowing through mm -hmm. all of us is uh, very high. Definitely. I, I, I don't envy her for that. For that. Uh, that's for sure. A little bit more about her. She owns a horse and enjoys horseback riding as well as hiking. And she, uh, in her most memorable sports moment, 
his winning state four times. So she's obviously accomplished going back to her high school days. It's really cool to see that uh, Northern Arizona was able to recruit someone as highly talented as her, especially at such a young age. Again, right back around to recruiting, getting these talented high school athletes to come to NAU, and it definitely has a positive outlook on NAU's future. That is going to be the main theme of the show. Trust, uh, mark my words right now. Recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. We're gonna, you're, you're gonna want, you're gonna hear that quite a bit. So be on the lookout for that. Um, it, that really goes into any sport. Obviously, you know, we talked about football and basketball a lot on the show. We'll talk about basketball a little bit later. Um, but just, you know, you always hear that you know the Power Five they're, they're the best recruiters. They get the best players, and uh, I think what a, a lot of um, of fans like to see is that they, they, they see the name of the university first before the athletes. Um, so, and I think that it might be a, a bit of an error on their part. I think they really, really got to start looking at the athletes themselves because you never, you never know if, you know, a sleeper athlete who doesn't get highly recruited out of high school comes into a school like that's outside the power five, like Northern Arizona and just completely kicks everyone, kicks everyone in the butt. Exactly. Um, where I wanted to go with that is, I think that, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, no um, uh, so, yeah, just going back to like recruiting and stuff, uh, it's just a matter of, it's kind of like a, a domino effect where you start off with one recruit, maybe, and then they light the world on fire, they, uh, they get publicity out there. Maybe some up and comers out of high school, or maybe even younger, see, oh wow, th- this person does really is really good at, at this sport, and they play at this university. What's this university? Maybe I should check out this this school whenever it's time to look for colleges, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. I remembered what I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, um, I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that Power Five conferences are the best at recruiting because they get the best players, not necessarily. The work that goes into it behind the scenes, the work that you have to put in to get these other three-star, four-star athletes. I mean, we're not Alabama here. We're not Georgia. We're not UCLA. But at the same time, the work we put in with the players that we want to get and the people that embody the culture of the Lumberjacks, we get them and we pursue them. And I think that is a testament to NAU's recruiting ability. Definitely. I mean, we see it in a ton of other sports. Like last week, we talked about cross country and how uh, Nico Young, who's also a star freshman, uh, he's someone that, you know, they, has got recruited uh, here and maybe didn't maybe didn't get seen by other schools. And obviously, Lumberjacks are more than fortunate to be able to have him on their squad. Across the board, on um, most of our athletics, we're seeing a lot of turnover right now. A lot of bigger recruiting classes are being forced to come in. So we're seeing a lot of new faces, and they're making names for themselves very early in their careers here. Definitely. It's exciting to see that you know a lot of these uh, young talents are still freshmen and they're still going to have plenty of time to continue to hone their skills and just simply be able to uh, get better. And you know if they're already this high uh, in talent, they're already beating most, if not all, the competition. It's going to be crazy to see what they do by the time they're a junior or senior. Yeah, I mean it's always growth in uh, college athletics. I mean you're taking 18 year old kids at that point. I mean whatever your legal documentation may say when you're 18, you're not built like an adult. Mm -hmm. You come to college and really you get to watch these people grow into like adults. And especially with athletes, it's fun to watch their development because it's so drastic over four years. 
Definitely. Uh, going in, looking into a little bit more of their schedule, as I mentioned, uh, Flagstaff in Northern Arizona will be hosting the NCAA Zone E Diving Championships here in Flagstaff at the Wall Aquatic Center uh, coming up in March, as well as hosting the Diving Championships for the Western Athletic Conference. That is, of course, a huge one to have here within the conference that, of course, as will be at the Wall Aquatic Center. Um, that's for diving. Looking at swimming, uh, that will be in St. George, Utah, uh, hosted by Dixie State University. That will be happening right before the diving championships, starting on February 17th and going on through the 20th. So just going into a little bit more, you know, I, I kind of feel like I'm repeating myself here, but it's it's sort of uh, a personal goal of mine and something I want to do with the show is just to highlight more of the quote-unquote lesser-known sports. You know, we talked a lot about swimming and diving just now. We talked about cross-country last week. And, of course, you're still going to get your healthy dose of basketball. Uh, women's basketball, of course, something we'll be talking about quite a bit. Uh, men's basketball, whenever they decide to start running up again, we'll be talking about uh, them quite a bit. Um, football, of course, that's coming up in, the, in a matter of a few weeks. Definitely going to be a highlight uh, of this show. But, you know, it's, it's all about spreading the wealth, and we're, that's what we're going to be here to do. Um, and we're quite excited to do so. And with that, we're going to take another quick break. We're going to be joined by a guest that I will introduce just in a few minutes. But, but we'll see you all in just a little bit. All right, and welcome back to The Axe with Brendan and Evan. Before we get started, I'd like to introduce a guest, a new, brand new guest to the show. Uh, he is a personal friend of mine. He is a senior writer for The Lumberjack, hey, ladies and gentlemen. Let me introduce you to Will Hopkins. Yep. Will, thank you for being here. Personal friend. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I, I had to throw that in. <laughs> I, I really appreciate it, Brent. Of course. <laughs> I, I think you've earned that title for uh, sure. Definitely. With all the rides in the car and all that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the whole two, I believe, <laughs> so far in the few months I've known you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, enough of that. Let's get right into it. Any of you women's basketball, we're talking about that for the rest of the show. Starting off with Saturday night's game that took place. Uh, here in Flagstaff, it was Northern Arizona University taking on Sacramento State. I had the privilege to cover that game for the Lumberjack. I wrote a recap uh, on Jackson Central. If you want to take a look at that whenever you can, I'd, I'd highly appreciate it. I think it's a pretty good piece of work for a very good game. And that what a great game it was. Went down to the wire. A last-second shot by Tariq Rashid wins the game for Lumberjack 76-75. Well, so the story of this game, as you mentioned, has to be Kyrie Rashid's last shot. I, I, to be completely honest with you, though, I've been covering NAU women's basketball for the last couple of weeks as well. Me and Brandon have been kind of switching it off. One of the biggest things that has been apparent to me after a game early against Montana earlier in the season, I was talking to Lori Payne, and I, I we, she brought up that NAU has yet to play a full forty-minute game, and I still don't think that you could argue that. Even after, like, even after the two sweeps of Sacramento State and quite a good game last Thursday where they dominated, but they still haven't had that full 40-minute game. And that's really what stood out to me is that this team really needed that fourth-quarter comeback to get into this game. Yeah. What do you think they need to do better going forward um, as far as, like, how do they get that? Where does the energy need to come from on the team? Well, I think... Obviously, uh, Regan Skank always comes out and tends to do very well in the early parts of games. The real point where they struggle, and I think Skank can help them in this 
uh, in this department coming out of the third quarter, coming out of the locker room after halftime. That's really where NAU tends to hit a lull. And it's a very streaky team, very good offensive team. It can put up points in bunches and can also have very rough quarters. And most of those quarters that they fall behind in tend to be the third quarter. Yeah, that's that's what I've seen as well in the, in the few games that I've covered. And one thing that I want to uh, that has really stood out to me in sort of how you brought up energy, uh, whenever they go full court press, which they, they tend to do more later in the game, uh, maybe a little bit haphazard, you only maybe see it about two or three times. But when they do, I think it's super effective uh, when they're able to uh, slow down the offense because uh, the past few uh, opponents that they've had, Sacramento State and then Portland State, they're both, they're both very fast-paced. And as we saw with uh, both these teams, they like to shoot the three ball a lot. And it really the whole result of the game comes down to uh, whether a team can get hot or not. And that's uh, what we saw in uh, in last night's game, which we'll get into a little bit later, that you know teams can just get hot. And it's really just the three ball that really just decides the game. Yeah, absolutely. I think the other thing about the full court press that you mentioned is, I once again, uh, in talking to Lori Payne about it, she really is. Uh, she really feels that they have a set lineup that she really likes to run it with, and she, it's a very difficult thing to do that all game. So you, they need to. Be, they're always really smart about when they use it, and it normally pays off very well for them, like it did against Northern Colorado a couple of weeks ago too. In terms of game plan going forward here, you know, we're coming down to the end of the season here. Um, moving forward, um, what's this team looking to? This is a very difficult team to predict going into the tournament because you can have games. I'm sure you watched the uh, Montana State game where they had 24 turnovers and really struggled to get any shots going. Ended up losing by about 40, I think. Then there's also games like they played Montana the week before, even Sac State last weekend, where this team just can't miss a shot. Everything goes right for the Lumberjacks, and defensively, they force a lot of turnovers on the other side. So this NAU team is very hard to predict, and if they get hot in this last stretch of the season, they are definitely a dark horse to contend in the big sky. Definitely. Right now they are 9-10 and 10 overall, of course, suffering the loss last night to the Vikings of Portland State. Let's get into that game that we... Saw Saturday night, that was a nail-biter, went right to the end. Karika Rashid was, of course, the iron horse of the game. She went for a team high of 20 points and 12 rebounds, securing another double-double uh, for her. She also, and out of those 12 rebounds, a third of those, four of them were offensive. And I think that's another uh, key asset for the Lumberjacks is that they are able to uh, create second, third, fourth, even fifth-chance uh, opportunities that other coaches just absolutely despise but uh especially when you have that that amount of strength and size down in the post there she can be uh essentially unstoppable whenever they uh coach Payne uh makes her the focal point yeah and with NAU being such a they're much smaller than most other teams on the in the big sky that's something that you'll notice when you first like even see any of their games but they utilize Rasheed very well they utilize Emily Rodebell very well and they utilize their speed very well this team grabs way more offensive boards than a team of their average height should. Yeah, it's just a ma- it's just a matter of you know getting those other uh, other chance points. Uh, we're going look into some more stats of that game on Saturday against Sacramento State. Of course, she like I said, twenty points, twelve boards, a double double, 
Um, it, it, going back to the, to the free ball, Northern Arizona was just, they didn't, once they realized that it was not that the shooting was not going to be what won the game for them, uh, they decided to just you know start pulling back a bit. In the first quarter, they went one for eight. Second quarter, they went three for six, so getting a little bit more on touch. But in the third and fourth quarters, they only hit one three pointer in each quarter uh, out of the uh, eleven that they shot. So it just they knew that shooting wasn't going to be how they won that game. Uh, Skank, as you mentioned, wasn't having the or she normally uh, the, the high was the highest scoring or highest assisting players on the team. She didn't have the, that kind of game this time that time around. Um, so being able to rely on someone else like that is just a huge. It's just a huge win. Absolutely, and the thing about the other thing about this Lumberjacks roster is. If you watch them play, they have J.J. Nakai, who's one of the highest scoring players in the Big Sky. And absolutely, Kyrie Rashid, preseason MVP. But the thing about this Lumberjacks team is any given day, they can get scoring from anywhere on the court. You could get it from Skank. You could get it from Mikel Amayo. I hope I'm saying that right. Apologies if I'm not. J.C. Bailey. Uh, even the Moran sisters both have had very good games this year as freshmen. So this team... Is, can have a very diverse scoring load. It's just a matter of finding that, that hot hand. And for those who don't know, how is the team makeup in terms of uh, seniors, juniors, sophomores, freshmen? So it's a very it's a pretty experienced team um, with a lot of I believe four seniors that see regular see the floor regularly, um, and then Regan Skank I believe is the only junior that regular regularly sees the floor, but it's still a team that can really rely on those older players and then the younger players kind of all fill into their roles very well. Definitely. Um, bit of a spark off the bench, you'd say? Yeah, very much so. Um, every single, like like I said, they probably have three or four players that can come off the bench and just put up plenty of points. And it really comes down to uh, what sort of roster that, that Coach Payne decides to roll out. You know, uh, Mayo, as, as you mentioned, is a huge, can be a huge asset both starting and off the bench. I remember she was hurt. Uh, for a game last week, their first game against Second State, she reinserts her back into the into the lineup, but off the bench, uh, which you know is, is maybe tough for a lot of uh, for a lot of players. You know, being sort of a quote quasi star role and being put onto the bench, eventually, guys, hard. And even going back to to the game, Coach Payne said that she wasn't quite a hundred percent, yet she was still a huge driving force for that team in that game. Absolutely, and another player who's had some injury. Uh, NAU has had a lot of injury problems this year. Rashid was out for a good portion of the early season. Mayo has been a little on and off. And Nina Radford right now. Is Radford is another key piece that can fit into that rotation and will be able to add a little size to what the Lumberjacks need. Is there a timeline on uh, her return? Not that I have heard. Uh, it, I don't. I, I know that she's back to practicing, so I'd imagine that she's playing, going to be back by the time the Big Sky tournament starts um and possibly even sooner um i also believe she traveled with the team this weekend so it's possible that she could return tomorrow for their game against portland state that'll be huge definitely uh, like like i said before being able to divvy out what roster you want to see maybe you know in these two game series that you see where you're at a, at a certain location against the same team two games in a row it might be a good idea to give out two different starting lineups two different uh rollouts of, okay who, when is this person coming out uh, of the game, when is this next person coming in, and just sort of trying to throw the other team out for a loop and not knowing what to do because they can't. You can't get a little tunnel vision when you see the same thing over and over again. Um, like let's say the uh, Kareem Rashid stays out into the game for a while, 
um, you know, eventually the defense will start to lock down on her and then uh, other players who may be taller than her will be able to uh, get rebounds over her and be able to block her in transition. Um, so, but Coach Ben, I think, does a good job of, of taking out Rashid early in game to sort of, you know, sort of hide her uh, ace in the hole, sort of, to sort of speak, to then, to then reinsert her back into the court and just for her to be re-energized, have the defense be uh, focused somewhere else and just be able to have Rashid just take over. I also think that with Rashid off the floor, as we mentioned, this team can be very fast-paced. With Rashid off the floor, this is a team that really shoots the three ball well. Rashid, not known for shooting the three ball, uh, doesn't shoot a significant, a very significant amount. So early in games, pulling her off can sometimes be a little bit of a heat check as well, where you can see the Lumberjacks shoot those eight three-pointers a quarter. And if they make four of them, they know that they're going to be fine relying on that for a, for that quarter, probably the rest of the night as well. Definitely. Oh, I'll just, I was going to say I want to give a congratulations to to Rashid. Uh, coming into this week, she won the Big Sky Women's Basketball Player of the Week with her pair of triple, or double doubles that she had against Sacramento State. Of course, that game winner on that beautiful inbound pass from Mayo uh, to get uh, to Rashid in the paint with a wide open layup with 0.2 seconds left, winning, securing the game for them. Uh, you know, just high high caliber plays like that are what made her uh, the clear and definitive uh, choice to be Player of the Week. Definitely. And another Northern Arizona University athlete getting conference player of the week in their respective sport. It's been a good uh, few weeks for uh, NAU sports. Yeah. This is this has been a fun time to cover sports, as I'm sure both of you have can can attest. With so many so many things going on, it it's just crazy to go from covering like Last week, I went from covering a volleyball game to covering a soccer game and, you know, then got to watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> Great day for just to sit down and watch like a ton of sports. Yeah, I can attest that, too. Uh, obviously, watching a lot of women's basketball. Tomorrow, I'm covering the women's tennis game. Uh, it's at, at 10 o'clock local time. Uh, so if you're interested in seeing that, I highly recommend checking that out. Another very good team. Yeah, definitely. Um, also coming off a pair, you know, or I think at least three straight games against Power 5 schools. So. Like we said earlier about playing, uh, playing up to competition and being able to carry that into conference play would, would be huge. Um, you know, we talked about watching so many sports and then going to the Super Bowl. Um, I'm watching you know, tennis tomorrow and then the day after that, the Daytona 500. You know, there's, there's so much to watch. Almost, there's almost no time to watch it all. It's really a shame, but I'm glad to be able to, to, to do it and try as much as I can. And it's a unique, uh, it's a unique upside of COVID nineteen, which you know you don't hear enough about. Yeah, it just everyone's got to just you know make the best of what you got. Yeah. Anyways, that's gonna do it for this segment. Uh, we will be back in in a moment talking more about any women's basketball, specifically talking about the game that they had last night in another nail biter in Portland against Portland State. We'll be right back. All right, and we're back here on the axe for our final topic of the night. We will be sticking with Northern Arizona University women's basketball and the game that they had last night up against Portland State in Portland. And man, what a tough one it was. Back and forth quite quite a bit at the end. Portland State starting to pull away in the third quarter. Northern Arizona trying to come back. But the result does not fall in the Lumberjacks' favor like it did on Saturday. Another final play coming down to the last shot, except this time it doesn't fall. Portland State were able to take the win 75 to 73 uh, of a 
huge performance coming off the bench of Viking sophomore guard Jado Lewis, who hit the game-winning three-point shot from the corner with just a few seconds left in the game. It was it was quite a game to watch. Will, I know you covered it for the Lumberjack. What were your thoughts on the game overall? It was another one. I mentioned earlier Lori Payne talking about how these this team needs to play a complete 30, 40 minutes. It was another one of those where you were so close, maybe five minutes away. They needed to play the rest. They they just let a little bit, it slipped a little too much in the third quarter. Obviously losing by three points, not where you want to be, but it was a, it was a great example of what the Lumberjacks are. And that's a very good team or a very good shooting team when they need to be. There is JJ Nakai, obviously was watching the fourth quarter. JJ Nakai came out on fire. Just absolutely carried the Lumberjacks pretty much back into the game. And I have to admit, while I was writing the article, I initially put the hero of the fourth quarter would be JJ Nakai. And then Kyrika Rashid made me change that. So I put there were two heroes in the fourth quarter. And then Mayo came in. Not much that I can do about that. At a certain point, you just had to chalk it up to the senior class. That senior class led that team yesterday. And it's a disappointing loss, but it's one that is almost a little bit promising because if they play the third quarter, the last five minutes of the third quarter, just a little bit better, they walk away with a win. I mean, better to go down competing in a close game like that last second shot. You know, those games are always the most exciting and the most heartbreaking and make you bounce back the hardest. So, you know, coming back and replaying the match here on Saturday or tomorrow. Saturday, tomorrow at 1 p.m. in Portland. It's, I mean, NAU is going to have some energy. They're going to want that one back. This team rebounds from losses like that really well. There, there, there are times where, obviously, I referenced the Montana State series earlier. Those types of games where they have a very tough time the first time around, they can come back the second time and look a little better but it looks like they're deflated after the first loss. The second time around, or with these types of series, like they had against Montana the week prior to the Montana State series, this team can come back and just have hellfire in their eyes from the opening tip. They, against Montana, after losing a very close game, came back and blew them out of the water the next game. So it's definitely the type of game that's going to light a fire under this team going into tomorrow's matchup, uh, or tomorrow's rematch, rather. Yeah, definitely. Just get into a little bit of team staff from the game. We mentioned bench scoring and how Northern Arizona usually with um, with the amount of roster changes that they make and sort of, you know, the amount of talent that they have coming off the bench, they're able to to outscore uh, opposing benches in most of the games. But that that was not the case last night. Looking at the stats, Portland State out, the bench of Portland State outscored the Lumberjacks 28-6. to That was the, the real highlight of the game is that, you know, obviously I mentioned uh, Jada Lewis, who hit the game-winning shot at the end, she of course had a great night. Uh, some others that came off the bench as well uh, that really, you know, picked up some of the slack that maybe their their star starters may have had. But you know, looking at other stats, points off turnovers, you know, the difference is one, 22 to 21 in favor of the Lumberjacks. Second chance points even at 11. The lead, uh, excuse me, the points in the paint. Uh, Portland State were actually able to outscore the Lumberjacks 34 to 20. They have a lot of basically trees on that Portland team. That are just able to completely out rebound everyone. It's just it's 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 going to be it's a, quite a challenge for uh, Rashid, who still had a great night, uh, both scoring and rebounding, but to be able to go up against them all. 
Yeah, there were times last night where someone would set up outside the three-point line, and I'd be like, that's a little odd to put your power forward that far out. And then I'd look around, and I'd be like, no, that's the shooting guard. Yeah. That, that, Portland State is the team that should be beating the Lumberjacks on the board. Didn't do it as well as I would have expected last night. And as I've mentioned, this Lumberjacks team is a lot more ferocious on the boards than I think you'd guess. The other thing that I'd say as well, you mentioned the bench scoring. This is a team that really likes to ride the hot hand and just keep going to one person as soon as they find out that, you know, J.J. Nakai is hitting threes, you're just going to keep going to J.J. Nakai. And last night, they really, it, it, all of the starters had their moments. Regan's game came out and started, and started the game hot, ended up with 14 points. J.J. Nakai in the fourth quarter, as I mentioned, went off late in the game along with Rashid and Mayo. So it's definitely a situation where NAU just kind of found the people that they wanted to keep going to, and those players just went off. Yeah, but, I'm sorry. Just to say, you know, uh, North, the Northern Arizona Lumberjacks had four players in double digits. Of course, Rashid, Nakai, Skank, and Mayo. The next highest scorer uh, on the Lumberjacks team was three. Uh, Nia Moran had three points. That th- that drop off there is is not going to help you win games. No, not at all. And uh, like Will said, um, big night by the seniors. And if they're able to duplicate that performance again against this uh, Portland State team, they're going to be able to, with us even the smallest improvement from the bench, they're right back in this game. They, I mean. I wouldn't be surprised to see them win by a good amount tomorrow against Portland State, judging by the bench wasn't able to produce last night. Assuming they make the, the changes that are necessary, I agree. Of course. Yeah, definitely. Going into some more stats here, you mentioned the three ball and JJ Nakai just going off. Um, she, she, in total, went five or six from deep, uh, including, I believe she went perfect in the fourth quarter. Uh, Skank had a great night from three as well. She went four for four. For some reason, I thought that last the game winning shot. I thought that was a three pointer at it, first. I, I was under the impression that it was a three point shot. That's, that's what I thought. Well. Of, that's yeah. what I thought as well. But it says here that she she was four for four from three. So I'm assuming maybe your opponent was on the line. Uh, what, you know, nonetheless, you know, the shot was missed. And I want to get a little bit into that final that uh, final play. I thought they were going to run a very, a very similar, if not an, an identical set to what they ran uh, on Saturday against Sacramento, where they have skink running around the corner, getting to the corner, obviously defensive focusing, focusing around her, and it just leaves Rashid wide open in the paint. I'm surprised they didn't do that. Like you said, they rode the hot hand. Skank was having a great night. Uh, this game a lot better than when she was playing on Saturday. But, you know, Rashid had just come in, and she just hit two very clutch free throws. She's very good at getting to the free throw line late. Um, she's very locked down free, uh, free throw shooter. Um, just it was, it was quite surprising to see uh, that, that change in that final play. Will, what do you think was the thought process of making that thing. Well, so I think the thought process has to be Portland State watched the game against Sacramento State. You you know that they know that's what they want to do in that situation. And you could see that they had four players kind of hanging out on the elbows and the blocks. So they weren't going to give anything easy in the paint. And they Coach Lori Payne and the Portland State coach obviously had a little bit of a timeout war there at the end where Payne called a timeout, and then Portland State called a timeout. And then, so I think they just saw a look that they liked and went to Skank. And unfortunately, you know, two seconds isn't enough, isn't a ton of time to get a shot up, especially if you want to be comfortable with that. Yeah. And I have to give credit to, I believe his name is Lynn Kennedy, Lynn Kennedy the Portland State head coach. Uh, I was watching the game, uh, the pregame before, and he was talking to, to the uh, broadcaster 
And he had mentioned a lot about uh, Kirk Rashid and how he was absolutely making sure that defense was having uh, their focus on her. So maybe you're right, you know, they they were probably expecting that the football was going to come to Rashid, yeah. so they went to Skank. But even, even despite that, they were able to get a very uh, very nice contested shot. Yeah. I Well, Skank's shot was pretty... It As I mentioned, there were the four players, and then there was a player who was kind of in charge of guarding the top of the key. I believe J.C. Bailey got the ball to start, like, off the inbound. I believe it was J.C. Bailey, and then passed it to Skank. And, I mean, Skank had a pretty open shot, but obviously not much time to get a quality one up. So that's the unfortunate reality of that situation. Yeah, definitely. Um, Just uh, going into some more, you mentioned about that uh, timeout that they had. Um, I think that's a huge factor in these close games is making sure you have your timeouts left in the fourth quarter. I remember in the the final game against Sacramento, Sacramento, uh, the Sacramento State coach burned all of his timeouts in the middle of the fourth quarter to while uh, Coach Payne still had almost all of them in, in her back pocket by the end of that game. And I think that was what made a difference. They were able to call timeout as soon as they got the ball, draw the play, and make that work. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and then when Kennedy, Portland State coach, uh, was able to, to be restricted, to restrain himself from calling timeouts when he felt like he might have wanted to, and he was able to, to do the same thing that Payne did and just make sure you have those timeouts for those last plays. Like they were able to drop a beautiful play, a drive to the baseline, a quick out pass to uh, Lewis in the corner, and she was able to hit the knockdown three. Yeah, uh, that was not – I don't think that was where NAU thought the ball was going either. I, I very much think that they were expecting just to drive – because Portland State went cold in the fourth quarter, and part of that's down to NAU defense and part of that's down to Portland State because they hit a lot of contested threes. And in the fourth quarter, they just kind of stopped falling. So NAU was probably expecting the drive and a little floater off the glass or something. But unfortunately, Lewis hit the shot of her career so far and gave Portland State the win. Definitely. All right. That's going to do it for our talk on women's basketball. But before we go, before we end it for the night, let's get into the Axe Attack, where we go right into all the games you can look for, for in, in the coming week, starting off with tomorrow, Saturday. Women's tennis will be hosting Utah State. I'll be covering that game. Maybe you'll see some content on that for the Lumberjack. I don't know. Maybe you'll just have to wait and find out. Uh, track, uh, track team will be going to uh, UNLV for the Winter Challenge in Las Vegas. It'll be their first outdoor event since the cancellation of the season back last season. Um, maybe, maybe you've heard or not. Men, uh, we talked about last week about men's basketball being canceled. Uh, that has been canceled once again. Their series that they were supposed to host uh, they were supposed to host Portland State this week. That has also been canceled, so don't need to worry about that. Um, but women's basketball will be playing at Portland State for the rematch. Uh, that will be at 1 p.m. Local time. You can catch it on Pluto TV channel 1051. Now going on to, I believe it will be Sunday the 14th. Women's volleyball will be taking on Eastern Washington here in, Arizona, here in Flagstaff at 2 p.m. Going into Monday the 15th, women's golf will be going to the Rebel Beach Intercollegiate in Las Vegas. That'll be a, I believe it is a two a two day event. Uh, time for that is still TBA, and uh, sticking on Monday, women's volleyball will be still playing against Eastern Washington in Flagstaff. That'll be at six p.m. All right, and that's going to do it for the Axe Tech. Be sure to support your local sports. Watch Lumberjacks uh, play and hopefully win. Uh, I want to thank Will Hopkins for being here. Uh, you've been uh, someone who's helped me a lot, uh, learning a lot still going forward uh, i think we expect to see you a lot more on the show absolutely um also i want to thank i want to thank evan who <laughs> um who came in to uh sort of uh 
fill in for Nick, who's out this week. He will be back next week, so you don't have to worry about that. But anyways, that's going to do it for the show, and we'll talk to you all next week.